0: 11-game win streak, Molly, no more. The Rangers ended the Hurricanes' win streak Tuesday night in a up-and-down affair, an exciting game, and hopefully another playoff preview. And the Rangers right now are rolling to start the new year.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, they've come a long way since the first six weeks of the season or so. Um, the team genuinely feels like they're feeling good about themselves. They're starting to play the kind of hockey that that they've wanted to be playing all season long. Gerard Gallant keeps pointing out that the puck bounces are starting to go in their favor as well. So definitely a step in the right direction to start 2023.
0: And a good step in the right direction for Jimmy Vc who gets a two-year contract extension. The great Larry Brooks will join us to talk about that extension and everything blue shirts. It's all coming up next on a Happy New Year edition of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post.
2: There's a Yankee story you're accustomed to hearing. This is not that Yankee story. Ooh, the 1990 Yankees. It was rock bottom. A horror show. A laughing stock.
0: There was a ballpark who brought live Cougars into the clubhouse. Ooh.
2: I was in a relationship with Mel Hall at the age of 15. Are you kidding me? How was that acceptable? This is the Yankee story they don't like to tell.
0: It really was the Bronx Zoo. Bronx Zoo 90. Crime, chaos, and baseball. Streaming now, only on Peacock. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to Center Ice for a special Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. The first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. It's Jake Brown here alongside Rangers beat writer for the New York Post, Molly Walker with us. Our Hall of Famer, Larry Brooks, is going to join us in just a little bit. We'll answer your subtext questions as well. A couple of Rangers wins, Molly, to start the new year and a series that we'd all love to see in the playoffs once again happen on Tuesday night at the Garden. And what a game! You want to talk about puck luck and a couple lucky bounces going the Rangers' way, a couple lucky bounces going the Hurricanes' way. More went the Rangers' way. They win five three at the Garden on Tuesday. Snap the Hurricanes' eleven game win streak. What a thriller! A couple through the wickets, a couple off the sticks, and on top of that, the other news of the day, the news of the hour as we record this on Wednesday, Jimmy VC. Back with the Rangers, a contract extension, two years, 800000 a year. Looks like a bargain to me, Molly. Uh, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year, and uh, the floor is yours.
1: <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everybody enjoyed the holiday time. Um, I guess we could start with the game against Carolina. Really good win. Really, really good win for the Rangers, a solid win. I I was cracking up asking Artemi Panarin, you know, by the third time that you guys tied the game, did you think to yourselves, like, all right, enough is enough. Like, let's stop giving up a goal seconds afterward. And he was like, yeah, I think three times was enough for us. (laughs) But it's true. The third time around, they absolutely just buckled down. Um, I think they were kind of just sick of that back and forth game. That's the way Keandre Miller described it. So, it was a big game. I mean, Carolina was surging coming into this game, not only an 11 game win streak, try an 18 game. They were if they won, it would have been an 18 game point streak. So 17 games in a row where they picked up at least a point hadn't had a regulation loss in weeks. So it was it was a big game. It was a divisional game. So for many reasons, um it was a, it was a good win for the rangers and then yeah jimmy vc i mean i feel like we've talked about him a lot on uh, on this show just what an unbelievable season he's been having and the impression that i've gotten from talking to vc and i and i do hope to do a fun little feature on him um in the next couple of weeks especially in wake of this news that he's being extended for another 2 years it's always been new york for Jimmy BC I feel. And I'm going to, to dive into that and try to talk to some of the people who have been with him along the way. But the impression that I get is that New York is always where Jimmy Vesey wanted to be. So I think when he got his second chance to come and play for the Rangers again, he was not going to let the opportunity pass him by. And I also think that that played a major role in his agreement to an $800,000 deal because I don't know if I to say he has leverage that he could ask for more, but he's been so solid for them, so reliable and versatile And his contributions on the pk he's been leapfrogging guys left and right for more for more special teams time so i think that it was it was a good agreement for both parties but i think for jimmy vc he's he's probably very thrilled i know that uh, a lot of the major points that a source said was why the deal worked out for both parties obviously 800 dollars gives them flexibility he's a versatile bottom six guy who's just responsible defensively and and like i said so valuable on the penalty kill his skill playing up and down the lineup, um, especially with the way Gerard Gallant mixes up these lines, he's just kind of almost like Barkley Barclay Goodrow in the sense that he can play with, with anybody and uh and play well with them, which Can't be said for all the combinations that the Rangers have had this season. And of course, he's a great teammate with a team first attitude. So really good deal for both parties. And uh, it's always been New York for Jimmy (laughs) VC.
0: Is there anything to him maybe of waiting? Because, you know, $50,000 increase in a normal life role is great. (laughs) Listen, New York Post, you want to give me an extra 50 grand right now? I love it. But 50 grand to a professional hockey player isn't, you know, a boatload of cash. Anything to him maybe of waiting to the offseason, maybe getting 9 50 or a million a year?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he cared. Like, I think when the when the situation, I mean, I, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him. I, I wasn't at practice on, uh, today on Wednesday. But just by, from my conversations with him, I, I feel like once the deal was on the table for any sort of possibility to stay in New York, um, Jimmy VC was going to take that. That's just the impression that I've gotten from him. I mean... He flat out told me one night after after one of his big games that, you know, it's always been New York for him. Um, this is always where he's wanted to be. So I think that he would have, you know, he was he was willing uh, to to get a deal done as soon as humanly possible if it meant that he could stay here.
0: That's my kind of guy. He, he just, you know, he loves a little American whiskey, a little Mustang Harry's after the game, maybe grab a few brews with the boys. So he just loves the bright lights in the big city. So maybe he would have got uh, more money elsewhere, but it wouldn't be in the greatest city in the world. Well, Halak gets the Ranger a win on Sunday, Molly. We're off to a good new year. The Rangers will face the Devils this week, and then the classic NHL scheduling, only face them one more time uh, later in the season, Molly, and uh, they'll face the Penguins three times in a week. Make that make sense. I just don't get it. I mean, that's going to be fun. Yeah, you know, it'll be a fun week, and then you won't see them again until uh, 2027, of course. Uh, so the schedule, I mean, it's a continued topic of discussion, but quite bizarre. All right. Do we want to go to the subtext questions here before Larry Brooks joins us? We'll start with Lee Saravillo and Christopher Garvey. Is Ben Harper the answer for the sixth defenseman spot?
1: Long-term answer? Probably not. Short-term answer of the three that, that the Rangers have had in that role so far this season? Probably. Just in terms of, of the steadiness is the word that Gerard Gallant used when describing Ben Harper. Um, he's been steady. He's been he's been solid. Um, And I think for the sixth defenseman spot, um, that's really especially how how flaky it's been in the last couple of years. That's about all the Rangers could ask for at this point. And he brings a, a nice physical presence there with Brandon Schneider. Um, and they seem to, to play really well together. So I think that short term, definitely. If I'm thinking ahead to the trade deadline, if the Rangers would prioritize the sixth defenseman role over a forward, I don't think so. Um, just because I think they definitely need more reinforcements up front um, than they do on the back end. Because, I mean, Harper and, and Schneider have been have been pretty good for a third pair. So I just think it's really interesting how he's leapfrogged both Zach Jones and Libor Hayek. I mean, I, I really feel for Libor Hayek. I think the the way Larry phrased it in one of his articles was same time next year um, for Libor Hayek. He was in the exact same kind of role last season, barely saw the ice, played like a career-low amount of games combined between the NHL and AHL, which is just super unfortunate. Um, and, and Gerard Gallant even said at the beginning of the season that he didn't want what happened to Libor Hayek to happen again this season. Um, but yet here we are. Uh, so uh, it's an unfortunate situation for Libor Hayek, but I think Ben Harper has has earned the spot um, and it's kind of his to lose. And he had a really interesting story. Uh, if you didn't if you didn't read my uh, article for my conversation with him, you can go check it out. He had a, he he had a, another PTO with with the Blue Jackets earlier on this offseason season. It just didn't go well. He got in a fight in his first preseason game and and was off the ice for two weeks. And, and by the time that he got back, uh, Columbus was already solidifying their lineup and he wasn't a part of it. So he didn't really get a fair shot. He kind of took a risk signing a PTO with the uh, Hartford Wolfpack. So. Yeah, so that's Ben Harper.
0: Lesson learned: don't fight in preseason. The games don't matter. You're he got it. knocked out cold. It was yeah. not good. <laughs> yeah, screw that. Uh, all right, Frank Rauther wants to know: Will Alexi Lafreniere be traded at the deadline? General Manager Molly Drury.
1: Um, no, I, 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 no, I would be, I would be pretty shocked if that happened. Just because I think it's still too early to come to conclusions on Alexi Lafreniere, and the last thing that the Rangers want to do with any of their young talent is dealing him away and then letting him flourish somewhere else so i do ex- i do expect alexi lafreniere to still be on the rangers past the trade time.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you're also not going to get a ton for him if you do it now so you want to get his value up a little bit all right last one uh can you rank Filipino alexi lafreniere capo caco and keandre miller an order of priority of the rangers needing to keep brandon goodno wants to know
1: Number 1's easily Keandre Miller. I think we've talked about this before on here. Just players like like Keandre Miller don't come along so often and a top four defenseman role is is all he's ever known and the role that he plays on the Rangers D corps is just not something that could be easily replaced. Um so hands down Keandre Miller would have to be up there. The next three, I kind of struggled between 2 and 3, but I got to go with Capo Caco. I think that the deciding factor there for me was that Philip Hiedel's durability isn't always the best, um, even though, I mean, Kako's not always healthy either, but I think Heedle more so struggles with injuries, um, and I also do think Capo Kako has taken tremendous strides this season. I think, I mean, sometimes I watch, I watch what he does in the offensive zone with the puck and the way that he is now... A, calling for the puck, B, having the puck on his stick and and reaching his arm out to push guys away from him. It's just, it, he's just playing with a whole different aura to him. Um, and I think that the Rangers absolutely need to see that through. Um, and then I would say Filipedal, and then just going off what these guys have shown us uh, in their time with the Rangers, I, I got to have Alexi Lafreniere, number four. I still do think that the Rangers want to prioritize keeping him. But in my eyes, I think Capocacco and Filipino have just been a lot more important to the Rangers during their time in New York.
0: I guess a bunch of general questions are asking about Vitaly sauce play.
1: Yeah, lots, lots of questions on that. And, and rightfully so, because I think we're all thinking the same thing when we're watching this guy, the skill is there against Carolina on Tuesday night. He had one of those crazy, you know, puck between the legs to evade the defender moves, but he didn't do anything with it. So and I think that's almost a microcosm of Vitaly Krasov so far this season is he'll make a a high skilled play like that, but it doesn't really do anything but it doesn't come at a time that it it allows anything to really come to fruition um, or even generates a scoring chance. I think that the skill is there. There's no doubt. It's just the question of whether or not he's able to use it to impact the game positively. Um, And I just haven't seen that quite yet, but I also think that he hasn't had enough time to really show that either. Um, So I think the verdict is still out, but that being said, I still do have a question, you know, many questions. Um, I'm not really sure about him yet being a full-time NHLer, but that also could be attributed to him just still figuring it out, which is valid as well. But I I am also questioning (laughs) Vitaly Krasov's play.
0: Everyone is questioning Vitaly right now. Well, no one's questioning the Rangers who are 21, 12, and six. And all of a sudden, entering Wednesday, just a point behind the devils. I mean, the devils were rocking the world just like a couple of weeks ago. Now they have come down to life and the rangers will go to new jersey you'll be in your backyard on saturday at one o'clock i assume you'll be there have some moms cooking for dinner maybe after the game
1: (laughs) no i actually I'm, i'm gonna make the commute from the city and uh and see how that goes for me
0: all right so no matzo ball soup after uh after the prudential center trip
1: no unfortunately not
0: that's unfortunate everyone loves a good bowl of matzo ball soup including larry brooks who will join up in the blue seats next for me, it's nice to have a little bit of uh, stability. The last few summers have been have been stressful for me, just not having a contract and waiting around and then coming to camp on PTOs, so it's, it's a great feeling.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: All right, Molly, now let's welcome in our Hall of Famer, Larry Brooks. Follow him on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy. We'll do some subtext questions with Larry in just a little bit. But, Larry, um, I think you called it. I think you deserve all credit for the Jimmy VC contract extension. You wrote about it on, what, Saturday? Four days later, it has happened. Uh, Has this happened before? Like, have you wrote things and then they happen? Are you Nostradamus? (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just waiting for my 3% from. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your overall thoughts on the deal? It seems like they got them for a little TJ Maxx bargain here.
2: No, it's listen. It, it is an important signing for them. It's extremely valuable to have a player who you can rely on who is, who is playing at under a million and, and Jimmy's uh, coming in at 800,000 for each of the next two years. With the cap situation, uh, it's imperative that the Rangers have players at that price who they can rely on. And um, he's come here for the second time now, and he's a remade player. He's a remade person. Um, he's a role player. Remember when he signed as a coming out of Harvard as, as a uh, free agent who at least 20 teams were were chasing. Um, the expectations were that he's gonna be he was gonna be a top six guy, he was gonna score 25, 30 goals. Um, he was gonna be a, a, a linchpin. And, you know, he he was okay when he was here for his first three years. He uh, scored 17, 17, and 18, I think. But he never, he never quite met those expectations. And the Rangers were running into cap issues even even back then. It's kind of been a constant with them. And so he moved on. They traded him to uh, to Buffalo, and he's become a bottom six player who can play that role extremely well. He's become a penalty killer, um, a checker. Um, he can chip in with the offense, moves up and down the lineup. He's he's a coach's dream, actually. And um, uh, so it's a it's an important signing for them. It, it's not a sexy one, but it's the kind of signing that you know. Championship teams or contending teams make, and this was a good one for them. They got on it quickly, so I I give uh, I give uh, the general manager and uh, the player and the post. <laughs> I
1: would say you got to make sure you cash in on that three percent. Just just ask yeah, you, I, know, like, you, know, hey, I always,
2: you know, when when guys are you know kind of in the past, I've joked with guys where they. Talk about how, you know, negative costs have speared the, you know, have spurred them on. And and so I just asked them where my, you know, where my compensation is, you know, where where the where, you know, where the playoff money is. But uh I guess the checks have been in the mail for a few years. Yeah, just must have yeah. gotten
1: lost. Moseying on over to some subtext questions. Um, we've got this one from William Humphreys. With the emergence of Keandre Miller and Braden Schneider, what can the Rangers do cap wise to be able to pay them? You can't allocate 30 million to four defensemen and they are already at 19 mil with Jacob Truba and Adam Fox.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tricky. I, I think everyone can see the challenges ahead. It's going to be tricky. And and what I'm looking at is
1: I'm thinking of Ryan Lindgren.
2: I, well, yes. The, what the Rangers are going to have to look at is how they can keep Ryan Lindner because he is such an important player. He's got one more year on his deal coming up after this. It's hard to it's it's hard to see how it's all going to fit. It, it honestly is how how they're going to keep them all. Now, Andre, you know, it, you know, there was a silver lining to to Miller's kind of slow start, and that was that his price on his next deal was going to be lower. Now, the way he's coming, that may not be the case. Um, he's going to be in a very, very strong bargaining position, except for the fact that he really has no systemic leverage un- unless someone comes after him on an offer sheet. And that's such a rare animal in, in the NHL. But, you know, it's going to be a fair deal, too. What that means is 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 Keandre Miller coming in at four? On a shorter deal, is he going to be looking for six and a half? On a longer deal, or seven on a longer deal? I don't know. But if Keandre gets up to the seven, to the six million part, then, then it complicates things. And and you know, Lafreniere is is coming up on a second deal. Obviously, he's playing up front. But the you know the the cap number is is uh, you know incorporates both. They are going to have real challenges. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. They're going to have hard decisions to make. And uh, that's that's the situation. I, I they're they're going to be faced with some serious situations. Of course, in a couple of years, the no move clauses begin to disappear. Like Kreider's move disappears, and Truba's no move disappears. And I think that that's probably where the Rangers are going to look in a couple of years in order to be able to keep DeAndre Miller and and Lafreniere and Kako and. You know, all the younger players needing new deals, they're going to have to start to cut the guys uh, or move the guys whose no move clauses expire in in a couple of years. So that's just the hard reality. It is. It's it's going to be a very hard reality when the Rangers face the decision on whether to keep or deal Chris Kreider. It's, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But you know, there's a, there's a lot of time between now and then. You know, there, there are a lot of things that can play out. And, and I'm sure they, you know, it's it's a it's a volatile situation because um, circumstances change every day. But anyone who anyone who sees a challenge ahead is 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 correct because it's going to be very difficult. The other the other the other, you know, what I have referred to for a couple of years is these, you know, the Rangers have a pretty open window to a certain extent. But it's also defined by Schesterkin's contract, who was just a couple more years after this, right? So, you know, that's going to be another one. I mean, you know, they're they're getting Shisterkin at under 6 million right now. So that next deal is going to be a major deal. You know, you're going, you going know, go so there are just so many um, decisions ahead that it would it, it would it would actually benefit everybody if they could win the cup in the next year or two (laughs) (laughs) And, and then the, and then the decisions, you know, would be made under different backdrop. And so that's why, There is a a kind of a sense of urgency here to get the, you know, to get the best out of the kids and Panarin and Kreider and Truba and Zabanajed who are, you know, all coming up on 30 or over 30. So the long, a long answer to to an appropriate question, how are the Rangers going to keep all their players? And the answer is they're not going to be able to.
1: This one is from Michael Silvers and Edward Weir. The miller Trouba pair has given up the most goals in the league, I believe. Any thoughts on whether Gerard Gallant should try something different, like splitting them up?
2: Well, I think I think the question is, is it time for Braden Schneider to move up? Is it time for Schneider to get those minutes, to, to get some of Trouba's minutes uh, to play Miller with, with Schneider? You know, Braden Schneider's had a terrific start to his career, but he's also been sheltered as a third pair defenseman Um, he's moved up a few times this year he can handle himself i think against anybody so i i think if if the miller truba pair is going to be split it's going to be to give schneider more minutes and to give him more responsibility last uh, last night against um carolina the miller truba was on for you know the pair were on for all three goals against not necessarily their fault but they had cut down their goals against over the last two or three weeks. So the, you know that the, they do, they have been on for I think the most goals or the second most goals of any pair in the in the uh, NHL. But a lot of that was over the first six weeks. It, it's been actually pretty stable the last two three weeks. So we'll see where that goes. But the question is how to give Braden Schneider more responsibility and and to to kind of spoon feed him a little bit more responsibility. Um, and I, I think you'll see that over the second half. Whether that that's a a complete uh, revamping of of the pairs, whether he moves up, whether it's just on occasion, I don't know. But I would expect Schneider to get some more minutes, and I would expect Truba's workload to be um, decreased as as the Rangers um, look to the playoffs if they're in a spot. Because you know it's it's going to be a grind for him. It's going to be a grind for Truba the way he plays. So I'd like to see more minutes for Brandon Schneider. I don't think he plays quite enough now. But I understand that Gaunt and um, uh, Gordon Murphy are, are being careful with him. I th- I think you can uh, give him a little bit more.
1: And last one from Anthony LaBella. What do you think the team's weaknesses are and who would be good trade deadline targets to fill those gaps?
2: Well, I just don't think they're, listen, I, I think they face a lot of the same issues as they did last year in that I'm not sure that they're big and strong enough to get to the net in the playoffs and that's actually what i was i was watching against tampa and watching against carolina specifically whether they were going to be able to get to the net whether they're going to be able to defend well enough in front and i think they they really have challenges there you know it's, it's interesting they brought in ryan reeves last year and, and reeves is now gone they brought in sammy blay and, and blay after his injury is, is really not much of a factor um, they had Dryden Hunt, who was you know more of a forecheck physical guy last year, and 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 he's not here. So a, a lot of the a lot of the remodeling that took place and the and the emphasis on bringing in more physical players and bringing in more sandpaper has kind of been replaced again by you know Krebsop is not a physical player and he's up there and Lafreniere you know you know they're they're not a very physical team and I just look at them and wonder whether they are going to be strong enough um, in the playoffs uh, because I think one of the questions of the season is, and not only for the Rangers, I think, you know, this is a question for the NHL and a question that every team is going to have to confront is we know that the season is all about, is, is generally about skill. That's what it is. The, the league showcases skill and you can see there there are more goals, there are more highlight goals, there are, there are more chances. Um, it's an offense-driven regular season, but if we switch over to the playoffs, where referees don't call anything, and 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 you know the bigger teams are allowed to, um, are, you know are allowed to mug, you know the more talented players, or and and you know, interference is not being called, and cross checks are not being called, and it just becomes, you know, a mosh pit in front of the net. Then, the, then not only the Rangers, but kind of like I've been thinking about the Devils all year. The Devils are a skill team, and suddenly, you know, they, they thrive on, on, you know, on regular season skill. Is that going to be shut down, not necessarily by the opponents, but by the league? You know, what kind of a playoffs do the, does the league want to have? Because they control it. There's no question about it. So I'm, I think the Rangers need to bulk up. And I know, you know, you know, they're, there's a need probably for a right wing in the top six, maybe. You know, there's there's time to, for this to play out. There's about seven weeks to the to the trade deadline, so there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of information to be gained in the next couple of months. But while the Rangers may need a a, a top six right wing, a, a you know a guy who can score, um, I think they they need more traditional you know, big bodies and, and, and you know, hard bodies. And they need to be harder to play against. And, they, you know, they may need a more physical – although Ben Harper has been a little more physical the last week, I think that, you know, they may be looking for a more physical, bigger third-pair defenseman on the left side to play. So I, I look for them to try and bulk up again. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to do that. Um, because they don't – because they don't really – adhere to the philosophy of having a checking line. See, I would be looking for a guy like, and and it may be redundant because they have Trocek and they have Heedle, but I would be looking maybe for a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, who you know can just anchor, you know, you know, and you play him with Barkley Goodrow, and you've got two-thirds of a of a really tough two-way checking line. You know, and I and you know I remember when they signed Goodrow, I was thinking, I don't really understand where this fits because they're going to have to build a third line around him as a checking unit. But Gallant doesn't believe in checking lines. He, I remember the first time I talked to him last year, you know, in the offs in the off season. And I was asking him about his, you know, about checking lines. And he said, no, I, I, I want to have three scoring lines and you can see that's the way he coaches. He coaches, he want. He, he wants skill on his third line. He's not looking for a shutdown line. And, you know, when I was watching again, Carolina last night, There, you know, there again, you know, there's there's Stahl and there's Faust and then there's Martin playing on the left side instead of Niederreiter. And they're out against the Rangers top guys and the Rangers don't have an equivalent. They just don't. And that's not that's that's not how they constructed their team. I think they would be a better playoff team if if they did have a have a checking line. But that that would involve a lot of moving parts um, over the season, and and you know we haven't seen anything yet from from Drury that indicates that he believes that they need a checking line too. So you know we don't know. Um, that's that's my traditional belief that you should have a checking line. You know that that teams should have shutdown lines, and the Rangers have a guy in Goodrow who. Fits perfectly, but he, you know, he, he's all over the place and, and, and it's, it it really is interesting that, that their best team might have Goodrow as their fourth line center, but he contributes so much more when he's in the top six and top nine than when he's getting nine minutes on the fourth line, you know? So I get what Gallant says. Everybody wants him on the fourth line, but all he does is make everybody better it's true. He's been one of their best players. You know, he has been one of their best players this year. There's no question. One hundred percent. He's been very valuable. He's been productive. Um, he fills any role. Um, and sometimes um, sometimes that's overlooked because, you know, again, you're 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 kind of dazzled by the skill. You want Kraus off play. You need Lafreniere has to play. Obviously, Heedle. You know, his minutes have, have dwindled again the last couple of games, which is kind of depressing a little bit. No, it is because, you know, you just, you know, you see them take steps and then they go back and they take steps and then they go back. And um, suddenly Hedo's playing nine minutes, to, you know, after he's at 17. Um, so, you know, they're trying to fit in all the skill, but you also want to be able to play good drop lot of minutes too so and you know i i you know there's a lot for them to figure out but as they're figuring it out they've gone ten two and one so you know and and so it's you know it's been a very very good last three or four weeks i still you know they still have a lot of questions i think the burden of proof is still on them but the fact that they've been able to you know beat carolina play well against tampa beat the islanders play well in pittsburgh when when the Penguins were rolling, I, you know, I, I think they're, you know, I think they're finding their stride. I don't, I don't think by any means this is a finished product, um, but I think they're beginning to find their stride a little bit. I think they're playing with a little more confidence. I think they're, they have more confidence in each other at, you know, after a, a really tough opening six weeks or so where nothing really went smoothly for them. And and I think they were expecting, a little smoother ride you know I, I don't think they expected as bumpy a ride uh, as they as they got out of the gate but you know they've turned it around but they're in a battle listen you know um a bad week for any team in that division and suddenly you know, that team is looking up yep so you know you know and and you know there's always danger of lurking you know that's my, you know that's the way i i you know that's my half glad my cup uh half empty or, or like, you know, empty for 25 years, actually. <laughs> what is it now? 27 again, uh, 28. Um, but, you know, I, there's always danger lurking, you know, suddenly it's like, well, you, you know, they're in Montreal. Well, they've got to beat Montreal. You can't lose. You can't lose in Montreal. Right. Then they've got this game against New Jersey and the, you know, and that, that's a big game. So they're, they're all big games. Right? And, and, you know, it's been a frustrating year, I think, for the Rangers. It's been a frustrating year for Ranger fans. But, you know, you can kind of enjoy this playoff race, too. You know, it's not that they're playing badly and they're stuck in this race. They're playing well and they're in this race. And and just about every team has, you know, has had their spurts where they have played extremely well. I mean, look at the Devils. They're now fighting for their playoff lives after their first six weeks. Um, the Islanders have played pretty well this year. They're not assured of anything. The Caps have been terrific over the last you know, three four weeks they're not assured of anything. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting second half of the season. It is, and and it should be fun. Follow Larry Brooks on Twitter at nyp
0: underscore brooksy. Read his stories in the Post nypost.com. Larry, happy new year. Thanks. Happy new year.
1: This one feels good. Obviously, it's a, a former team, but it's also a, a team that's been really hot lately. They won eleven in a row.
0: All right, Molly, that says adios to episode 108 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me produce the show, and thanks to Larry Brooks for joining the show. Remember, you can watch full episodes on YouTube on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Subscribe there. Catch us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five star rating there, and follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Molly Walker Two E's Two R's. Molly, I saw Take Me Out on Broadway. It made me realize my New Year's resolution is to hit the gym because there was <laughs> some uh, bodies and uh, you know there was some things. And- and they lock your phones up for obvious reasons. If you don't know why, you can look it up. But uh, it was an intense show. And I know you are a Broadway fan as well.
1: I am a Broadway fan. I haven't gone in a really long time, though. But would you suggest I go see this?
0: It was a uh, a very good show. You should probably see it. You would very much enjoy it. Jesse Williams, terrific job there. Do you have any New Year's resolutions?
1: No. I am sorry. I hate
0: New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can get a little corny new year new molly That's <laughs> new year new me yeah did you enjoy your new year
1: i did we had a lot of fun shout out to larry brooks for going to florida for me so i could uh have a time in new york city uh much appreciated
0: <laughs> yeah and usually it's frigid now we got 60 degrees i'm about to go outside go for a little walk today how about that to start the new year for molly walker andrew hartz larry brooks i'm jake brown we'll be back next thursday with another episode hope everyone had a happy new year and we'll talk to you next week on up in the blue seats